Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with 97.3 ESPN.com's Andrew DeCecco. Powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. You know, we, we recognize the, the ability of the roster that's, that's put together right now. And I think we have the ability to do something really special uh, with this group, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's Football at Four. Football at Four is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast and brought to you by Dr. Lyle M. Back. For everything from skincare to cosmetic surgery, go to ilovelyleback.com or call 856-MAKEOVER for Dr. Lyle M. Back, proud sponsor of football at four. Andrew DeCecco, 97.3ESPN.com, and InsideTheBirds.com joins us right now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. A lot to get into, so let's dive right back into this Eagles offseason, which has some new stories today, Andrew. And, of course, uh, the coaching search is at the top of that list. There's some new names out there, so let's get some of your thoughts on that to start off this Thursday edition. Let's start with uh, maybe the most surprising news of the bunch, uh, Kellen Moore. Uh, he was reported this morning that the Eagles are at least kicking the tires down that road. Uh, is more a guy that would interest you to be the next head coach here? Well, it's not that interesting when you look at what he's been able to do in just three years as being a coach in the NFL he he was somebody that was retained with Mike McCarthy, but you know before that he was the Cowboys quarterback coach in 2018, and he was promoted in 2019 offensive coordinator. He's had great success with Dallas, and he's done wonderful things with Dak Prescott. I think that what he's been able to accomplish at only 32 years old from as a young play caller um, is definitely intriguing. So that's uh, they cast a wide net. The Eagles did. So he's a name that didn't really surprise me as much as it may have surprised others. Now, I mean, for the people out there who might be the anti-Cowboy fan and say, look, that team stunk this year. That offense was really chumming before Dak Prescott got hurt. So it wouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, a horrible – but. I just I haven't heard his name at all. I, I thought it was a little premature, and I was wondering are they just trying to interview to maybe get some intel? Um, I mean, there's always that outside shot, but I mean, he has more of a coaching resume than Joe Brady, uh, more extensive at the NFL level at least. And so I, I mean, he he's definitely a, a worthy candidate. Will he be a finalist? Um, I highly doubt that, but he's definitely somebody that in the coming years, maybe possibly next year, could find himself as a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, now yesterday we we discussed Brady. Now if it came if Joe Brady got hired, um you know, there's a lot of people that feel like he might not be ready today, but you might go through some bumpy roads that first year, but you it's either get in on him now or miss out on a, a really good one. Yeah, I think that I I even mentioned that on when I was on on Tuesday is he's going to be a hot commodity and if you don't get him now in this coaching head coaching circuit you might not get a chance to get him because he is a bright mind. He's highly regarded around the NFL. You're going to, yes, you're going to take your bumps. He's 31 years old. You just got to be patient with him because when everything comes together, when he builds a team the way that he, that he wants to mold his view, his vision, it's going to be something special because everywhere he's gone, he's made an impact. What is the message from the front office when hiring this new coach? Because, look, they fired Doug Peterson because they said he wanted to try and win next year, and we didn't necessarily you know, feel that we were in the best position to do it. So, obviously, with the new regime, there's time involved. You're going to give this guy an opportunity to build the culture and all. But, you know, I just think it's a really interesting message. Like, how do you view that, that you fired Doug because he wanted to win? We don't really feel we're in the best position to do it. How do you take that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair. And then you start to see these stories that start to leak throughout this whole coaching search that Doug was fighting. He fought to keep Frank Reich. They were ready to move on to Frank Reich after one season. Uh, they weren't too keen on Doug Peterson after his first season. You have to give coaches time to build their team. It doesn't happen overnight, and the resources aren't always there, but you have to – uh, a lot of times you won't really know what they're able to do until three years after them taking the job because, like like anything, even with a draft pick, things take time to to kind of to kind of marinate and you have to be patient. And if you're a head coach and you're looking at um, and you're looking at Philadelphia as a destination, I think that some of these stories that are coming out are a little daunting, you know. Um, but I, I hope that you hope that that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, don't make the same mistake and don't act as hastily as they did um, in previous regimes. Um, Brian Dable's uh, also going to get an interview. He's probably my favorite guy on the list. So what do you think about him and the pot, the chances that, he, you know, that he, you know, where he kind of stands on the pecking order um, of, you know, landing this job because he's going to be a popular name and you can't interview him right now because he's still coaching. Yeah, I, I know you're really high on him. Adam Kaplan had a, uh, had a nice nugget on him in the most recent Inside the Birds podcast. Um, you know, he what he's able to do with Josh Allen in the three years where he struggled in his first season and he's arguably, you know, a, a deserving MVP candidate this year and the offense is really humming. Um, he's he's overcome adversity in his career. He's just he, he's a, a guy who's ready to step in right away. And and take the reins and look back and there's not going to I don't anticipate any growing pains wherever he goes. He's at the top of the list for many teams and he's going to have his pick from a lot of these a lot of the a lot of desirable positions, much like Arthur Smith, um, of course, in the Tennessee Titans. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Unfortunately, like you said, they're going to have to wait on him and there's going to be I think there's a small window. It's the week before the Super Bowl that they can talk to the teams can talk to him if they get that far. So. Um, and they certainly look like they have like they have uh, the team to be able to get that far. So it's it's going to be tough. What's interesting about him, and see if you agree, is what he's done with Josh Allen. That's number one. I mean, I think there's a couple of prongs why I'm intrigued. What he's done with Josh Allen. This guy was a 52 percent passer. He's turned him into a guy who just took off and ran, was wildly inaccurate, and made him almost a 70 percent passer and an MVP candidate. He's also a part of the Belichick tree, uh, and that's you know not been good in the past, mind you. But it means you know obviously he's got some well respect in terms of his pedigree in the background. He was also the offensive coordinator at Alabama while Jalen Hurts was there. So there's another mm-hmm. little wrinkle to the uh, Brian Dable uh, why he would be intriguing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean he's he's worked for Saban, he's worked for Belichick. Um, like you said, he, he's 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 worked with Jalen Hurts. What really stuck out to me is what when Adam said that he has a very good temperament. He can get after it. He coaches hard. Coaching hard is one of the things that really stuck out to me because that's really what that Eagles team needs, particularly if they move forward with Carson Wentz. He, 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 Carson is someone who needs to be coached hard. That's been well documented. And um, Brian Dable is certainly a guy, even at 33, 34 years old, that could um, – that could step in and do that. And I mean, obviously he's uh, actually he's a little bit older than 33 and 34, but when he first got started, um, when he went through his, 
his, you know, rocky period with the Browns. He was a young coordinator, but he's grown from that. And I think that having gone through all that adversity and being able to coach hard, I, I think that he's going to come in there with a uh, with a hardened with a hardened mindset, and and guys are going to really resonate with that. Sticking with this Bills offense and how Josh Allen has clearly progressed, I know there's a lot of holes with this football team, but acquiring Diggs was huge. And I know you're big with the specific Ohio State wide receiver in the second round. When I just look at the translation of Josh Allen, I think this Eagles offense is going to need someone like that because that is such a big difference in that completion percentage, as Gil alluded to. Do you think that that's possible? That Ohio State wide receiver you're so high on, do you think that's enough? Well... You're right. They do. Stephon Diggs, you saw what he was able to do with the, what the offense looked like when you get a bona fide top receiver in the offense. And the Eagles certainly do need that. In fact, I would even go as far as to say as Carson Wentz in many ways reminds me of he has similar traits to Josh Allen. So I think that, that would be a great fit, uh, Hunter and Mike, if, if he does go there. But the thing is, is they need to add a top receiver. I think Chris Olave could get it done in round two. That might not have. He doesn't quite have the uh, the sparkle of a uh, of, of a Chase or or Devontae Smith. It all depends on who becomes the head coach. If it's Brian Dable, you're going to probably see an offensive player come off the board at pick number six. But if it's a guy like Robert Sala, well, then you know players like Patrick Sertan and and Micah Parsons are in the conversation. So, um, but to answer your question, I, I think it, if it's Brian Dable, seeing the success that he had. When you got your quarterback a top weapon, I think that both both receivers are going to be in the conversation there at six. Uh, any interest in Ryan Day? I heard his name kind of slipped in there at the Ohio State. Now, he was the quarterback coach here for Chip Kelly a couple of years ago, so he obviously knows somebody in the organization. Yeah, you know, Ryan Day is a little bit further down, would be a little bit further down on my list if, 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 if I was the Eagles. Be, you know, he's... I don't really. I mean, he was he was with the Niners. He went to the Niners with Chip Kelly, and then he got the gig when um, the head coaching gig when Urban Meyer retired. Um, he had great success with the Buckeyes. I believe he was twenty three and two. So the track record's there. But you know, I think that there's if you're going to go that route, I would go with I would be more inclined to go with a Joe Brady and, and take your lumps your first season and. Um, if you're going to go the route of a young coach with that type of background, um, that's that's the route that I would go. He's definitely going to get uh, going to get some looks at Ryan Day, but I don't know that he's ready to be a head coach just yet. So, with what we know now on the coaching search, with who's been in and what's going on, uh, how do you kind of handicap who you like and what would be the best fit? Well, I, I know you, you kind of got to align it with, with the visions of, of Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, and they're enamored with offense. They've, they've alluded, they mentioned that Jeffrey did, he mentioned that he wanted to have an elite offense multiple times, but then you bring in a guy like, like a Robert Sala and, and, and a Gerard Mayo, who I love, by the way, as a defensive coordinator candidate, not as a head coaching candidate. He's only been a coach for two seasons now. Um, but, I mean – I think they're going to go the route of an offensive coach because let's face it, they still want to have control over, you know, they want to have a lot of say. And if you get a defensive coach in there, like when they had Jim Schwartz, they let Jim Schwartz have free reign on the defense. If they had a guy like Robert Sala, who's going to, who's the, a defensive minded head coach, they're not going to have as much say over what he can do. I, they, I think they want to kind of preside over an offensive coach. So to me, that, that signifies, you know, an Arthur Smith, uh, a Brian Abel, um, well, probably not even Brian Dable because he doesn't strike me as the type of coach that's going to kind of give that kind of leeway. 
but a young coach like an Arthur Smith or a Joe Brady would be the kind of coaches that I would I would kind of guess that they would be intrigued with. Could you argue, though, that bringing over someone like Salah would then allow him to bring over some offensive guys from the 49ers, which would give them maybe the offense and the pre-snap movement and everything that they're looking for? Yeah, and Hunter, for me, I mean, Robert Salah would be my, my top pick solely because it'd be his mindset on defense, his attitude, um, guys really play hard for him. But I also like the the fact that the the coordinators that he would be bringing with him and the system that he can implement. You have a then you have a, a hard nosed defense coupled with a modern day offense. I think that'd be the the best of both worlds from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, and and that's going to be an interesting part of it too. Andrew Decheco, football at four with us here. Who the new coach can bring with them? And I think Robert Salah has one big thing going for him is that when he interviews, he says, "Look, if you get me." You're getting these, maybe both of these guys coming with me because they both want to be moving up the food chain. They're not going to get the call plays in San Francisco. So that is a big, I think, check mark for him. Yeah, that's why that's another reason why he's so desirable is, is because, yeah, you're getting a, a hot young coach, the defensive coach who's had great success where he came from. He's a hot name. But then you're also getting, like I said, you're getting some brilliant offensive minds that would be coming along with him. And I think that that would, that would quickly shape any team that's, that's looking to rebound. I think that they would get the best of both worlds um, by hiring Robert Sala. He's had a couple meetings with the Jets now, and I just I want to ask you, do you look at the Jets as a more intriguing destination? I, I know right now it looks so ugly and it looks so awful, but at the end of the day, I truly do believe not just the limited amount of spots that you can get a head coaching job. There's only 32, the cliche that's said, but it's the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. Like It's a big market, and not that the New York Jets aren't. They obviously are, but you know the logo speaks for itself. So do you think the Jets are a more intriguing destination for him? Um, I, I I would say the Jets have a history of having a tough defense. I know that Jim uh, or um, Joe Douglas is is everyone. A lot of people speak highly of him. You don't have to worry about any kind of micromanaging. Um, he's going to have he's going to give him full support. So I think from from that standpoint, I I, I would say so. But the Jets haven't had a history of, of winning, obviously, but they do have a defensive pedigree. Um. And and like I said, Joe Douglas. That I think he, Joe Douglas, right there would be the key. Whereas when you're looking at Philadelphia, yes, that's a you know you look at the that, that's a top end market, and they've had great success, you know, in, in you know, over the last twenty years, in dating back even further than that. But then there's there's always the you look at what happened with Chip Kelly on his way out, and Howie Rosen was a, was a prime reason for that. And you look at Doug Peterson on his way out. And you start to see these common factors here. I mean, if you're a head coach and you have your your choice between a couple of teams, you're going to have to look at past history. If and I think that you kind of would shy away from that if that were uh, that would be my thinking at least. It, do you think that the quarterback situation is going to play a fact a big factor in hiring the coach? In other words, if the coach that comes in hey, we want you to open up the quarterback battle. We want you to start Carson Wentz. You know, like, is that something that could be a detriment? Or, you know, we talked about earlier, like, most of these coaches would probably say, I want to get my hands on Carson Wentz. So how do you think the whole quarterback thing is playing out in this search? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's there's been talks that, that Jeffrey was 
wanted Doug to, you know, make it work with Carson and Carson uh, and Doug wanted to move forward with Jalen Hurts. So to me, I think that Jeffrey Lurie is, is going to look for the head coach that's going to say, hey, you know what, let me take the challenge. Let me, re- let me rehabilitate this guy and make him the quarterback that he was um, in recent years. And, and because let's face it, nobody wants to take that kind of a hit. Um, and and they're and Carson Wentz has played at a very high level before, so I, I think that that's going to be what they're looking for in their head coach. Not not like let's move let's move away from you know from eleven. Let's see if we can get him back on track and and make this an elite offense again. Yeah, what do you make of the Troy Aikman's comments uh, where he said Doug Peterson wanted <laughs> Jalen Hurts and Jeffrey Lurie apparently wants Carson Wentz? So it almost sounds like you're walking into a situation where the owner is telling you who to play at quarterback. Yeah, but when I quote, when I read that closely, uh, closer, uh, Mike, it, to me, it kind of, the further I read down into the article, it seemed like it was more so Aikman's opinion versus uh, versus a fact. Um, and quite frankly, I don't know that I, I don't know how close Troy Aikman is with the Eagles organization that 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 would hold much merit. But I mean, there's so many stories that are coming out right now, and so many leaks. You just don't you don't really know what to believe in. It's hard to follow it all. But I mean. Um, I, I wouldn't read into that too much. I, I think that um, what they really, what 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 the co- what any you know owner would want is, can you rectify uh, and revive our, our franchise quarterback and get him on the right track? And I mean, I think he's salvageable. And uh, if when you look at a lot of the coaches, in, in the case of Brian Dable and Arthur and uh, Arthur Smith, you know, and Ryan Tannehill and, and Josh Allen, they've had success with some more type of quarterbacks. So I mean, it, it's. It's all right there, and I think that I think that's going to be the first order of business. Yeah, you're not wrong. Where you say there's a lot of news every single day, and it's nonstop. But when I woke up this morning, I saw that Jeff Stoutland's <laughs> not going to return. And there's a lot of ways to look at this. Like, did he walk away from this mess? Go, and I can't be here anymore. Internally, it's a disaster. Did the Eagles plan to move on from him? So, you know, we'll start here. How big of a loss is that? Because this offensive line has been really. I know it's ironic because this year they've been so banged up and it got a little ugly. But he's done a great job since he's been here. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, talk about the news coming fast and furious. A couple hours ago, I saw a tweet that he's not, it's not definite that he's going to leave. You know, he's still under contract with the Eagles. But as far as what he means to the team, well, he's also the running game coordinator. He's an, he's the offensive line coach. He's done, he's worked wonders with a lot of product players like Jordan Mailata. He got Nate Herbert to play at a decently high level when nobody really expected much out of him. Um, the list goes on and on with what he's been able to do, and um, what he's probably the the most the most crucial assistant coach that the Eagles have right now, and they cannot afford to lose him. And then you know, if you do lose him, you're talking about an offensive line that, that could very well be losing Jason Kelsey. Jason Peters won't be back. We, I mean, at least we think. And Lane Johnson's coming off an angle injury, and you're going to have a lot of young linemen that were really starting to, to take to his tutelage. Now, all of a sudden, not having that presence there, you're going to have another coach in, coming in, bringing in his new ideologies and what he looks for in linemen. Um, some some coaches like the big burly linemen and, and guys like Jeff Stoutland, like the linemen that are kind of like Jason, uh, Jason Kelsey that are more athletic and can, can get out there on screens and things like that. So I mean, there's, it's it's gonna be it would be uh, an instrumental, um, it's instrumental that he stays because if he leaves, that, that's that's a massive void that that I don't care who you bring in, it's gonna be really tough to fill. All right, uh, 
there are games this weekend. Let's get Andrew's take on the NFL divisional round. You got L.A. going to Green Bay. That chart, uh, that Rams defense is is pretty legit. Yeah, the Rams defense is legit, Mike, and and, and it did enough to keep them in the game when Jared Goff, frankly, didn't play uh, play his best. I mean, obviously, he wasn't expecting to come in. He, John Wolford got knocked out of the game early, but um, I, I would say. I would never count out Aaron Rodgers. I, I, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is playing at such a high level right now that I expect him to carry that team to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know that the Rams defense will be enough to keep them in that game. Yeah, I, I've been, you know, there was a there was a period during the year where I was like, this Rams team is pretty good, and then they kind of lost me a little bit. But their, yeah. defense is, their defense is pretty good. And, you know, yeah, where they got 30 points last week. I mean, so they, they did score with Goff even banged up. So that's your first game on Saturday. Baltimore-Buffalo. This one's a tough one to get a read on because, you know, Buffalo is like the darling. Baltimore wasn't even in the playoffs like four weeks ago. And then all of a sudden they, like, ripped off all these games, and then here they are. So I'm I'm very intrigued by this one. That's my favorite game of the weekend, actually. I'll be definitely tuned in for that one. That That is going to be the battle, the, the battle of the wits there. It's, you're going to have Lamar Jackson, who, who just won his first playoff game, and um, he kind of willed them to that win. He's running all over the place. But you also have the, the, the Josh Allen and, and Buffalo. They just took a hit. They just lost Zach Allen. He was really their power running back. Um, so, I mean – it's going to be an offensive explosion, in my opinion. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, and I think ultimately the the poise of Josh Allen and and Brian Dable, the coaching of Brian Dable, is going to be too much for, for the Ravens to kind of overcome, and I think Buffalo is going to move on. All right, uh, your Sunday slate, both games on 97-3. All four games, by the way, are on 97-3. It's Cleveland-Kansas City. Now, Cleveland, obviously, was the biggest surprise of last weekend. Kansas City, you know, they have not been blowing these teams away. They haven't been the same juggernaut as they were seemingly the year before. But can Cleveland really go there and pull this off? Man, you know, I hope so. I'm pulling for Cleveland. If they're a great, it's a great story. The franchise and, and the fans really deserve it. But, it, I mean, you're talking about an offensive juggernaut in the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I just don't know if the, the style of football that the Browns like to play matches up well with what the Kansas City Chiefs like to do. Um, the, 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 the Browns would ideally like to slow it down on the football, and, and I, I, don't, I don't know that that, that kind of game is going to work for them because they're going to have to keep pace with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I don't know if they have uh, the, the personnel to do it. And then the final game, these two great quarterbacks, probably the last time we see Breeze if they end up losing that game against Brady. That is the late game on Sunday. Uh, they've played twice, so what do you make of this third meeting? The History Channel Bowl. Um, I've seen that. I uh, think I, <laughs> that's a great – whoever did that with the beards is fantastic. Oh, I loved it, man. It was hilarious. But, um, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking that Tom Brady's going to go out quietly um you saw he got embarrassed in that primetime game um, I, I just think that it, it's his time to get one over on drew Brees this season yet they the buccaneers in general haven't had much luck um with the saints this year but uh, i think it's going to change uh, I, I i mean i think you're going to see a motivated and angry tom brady 
really go to the air and, and, and attack that secondary. One one thing to look at is going to be Chauncey Gardner Johnson, their safety for the for the Saints. Uh, he has a he has a knack for getting under guys' skin and getting guys ejected to swing at him and, and things like that. And that, that that to me seems like that would be a ploy to get a Mike Evans who does get chippier. He's got he has history with Marshawn Lattimore um, to kind of get him out of out of the game. So I mean, who who knows? I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a close one, but I, I think the Buccaneers going to pull it out. All right, Andrew Checo. Of course, uh, it's the football at four powered by the Inside the Birds podcast, and he like all guests appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Football at four here on the Sports Best tomorrow. We'll talk to Adam Kaplan, get his take on the coaching situation and the NFL playoffs, the Eagles offseason, the draft, all that and more. Football at four. Andrew, have a great weekend, man. You too, guys. Take care. All right. There you go. 425. It is the Sports Bash. Football at four brought to you by Dr. Lyle M. Back. 856 Makeover for Dr. Lyle M. Back. Proud sponsor of Football at four. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show. Hunter Brody's at Broads 81. Coming up, we'll get JR's pick for the weekend. First time he's lost in a while last week. 14 and 3 on the season. He had Pittsburgh. Whatever happened in that game, I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Weird. So weird. So this is probably going to be a good spot for a bounce back. So we'll get the pick on the other side. Plus, Keith Smith talks a little NBA with us tonight at 5.30 here on The Bash. Coming up on the next edition. The station giving you Sixers basketball is 97.3 ESPN. All right, don't forget we got Sixers heat tonight, 7 o'clock on 97.3 ESPN. We got NFL playoffs this weekend. All four games are on 97.3 ESPN. NBA, big trade yesterday, college hoops. Hockey started last night. Plenty of things to win some money on. JR from the WagerPro.com. WagerPro app is back with us with another pick of the week right here on the Sports Bash Boardwalk Honda Hotline. And he joins us now as we get ready for divisional round of the NFL. Welcome back, JR. How you been? Absolutely fantastic. It's been just an exceptional couple of weeks to the new year. All we're doing is making money. We're finding value everywhere. College basketball winner last night with Louisville getting it done over Wake Forest. Had two winners in college hoops over the weekend, both of the same games. I mean, we look for the things no one else looks for. Like, How about Missouri State against Valparaiso two days in a row, Saturday and Sunday? Easy money. Plus, we had money, of course, in the NFL. We were betting underdogs when everyone else were betting on the favorites. So here's what I'm going to do. Guys, love the matchup tonight, which... Sounds like it's going to be right here on your station. I'm going to give you the point spread winner of the Heat against the 76ers and the point spread winner in football between the Bills and the Ravens. Both winners are on a 30-second recording. Call the number right now, 800-499-3733. 800-499-3733. Two blowout winners, one recorded message, NBA action tonight, Heat against the 76ers, NFL action for Saturday, the Bills against the Ravens. Guys, I'm telling you, we're on fire. 
get on board the hottest number when it comes to betting on sports and it's a 30 second recorded message 800-499-3733 all right so we got nfl divisional round let's uh pick on a couple of these real fast uh interesting numbers here i got seven packers rams started at seven six and a half so it's kind of hanging around packers at home rams got that good defense i'm interested uh i thought a touchdown was kind of big a touchdown, you know, I, I would think, based on what the Rams did last week, you would think that this number is big. But frankly, the way the Packers' season has went and the way the Rams played at the end of the season, to me, the number's not nearly high enough. I would have made this number exactly where they started it at seven and a half, but. I don't think I would have let it come down. I know the public's betting the Rams here, but the, I, I just feel like the Packers are the far superior team. And let's face it, Goff is still playing with that injury. I know he played better last week, but nonetheless, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers at home at Lambeau where they haven't been able to get a, a huge playoff win in some time, and now they have the opportunity with what would must be the best Packers team I've seen in a decade with a running game to boot, weapons galore, and a defense that's stopping everyone. So I'm telling you, I feel like Green Bay is uh, uh, really the right side of this game based on the point spread and the fact that the public's betting the other side makes it even better for me. And when you look at it on paper, I mean, look, Rams 11-6 and this year, 10-7 and against the spread, but their offense is only scoring 24 points a game. It's a team that usually is used to putting up at least 28 to 34 points a game, now only averaging 24, relying on that stealth defense, allowing only 19 points a game. But Green Bay, they're scoring 32 points a game offensively and only allowing 23 defensively. And like I said, they even have a better running game than the Rams do right now. So for me, it's an easy one. Packers minus the points. All right, before we get your play for our listeners, I want to look at a Sunday game real fast. Nine and a half it started. It looks like the public is saying, Chief, 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 that thing has crept up to 10 early in the week already. It has. And, again, like you said, rightfully so. But here's the thing. You think that everyone's betting on the Chiefs, right, just because of the way the line moved. But how about I tell you, my consensus report right now is showing over 60% of the public sentiment coming in on the underdog. And yet the line went the opposite direction. What do you call that? That's a reverse line movement, and in the playoffs, they don't play games. This is not a trap. I'm telling you, and the reason being, of course, A, look at what Cleveland did against Pittsburgh last week. No one saw that coming. No one. They've had a great regular season, and yet the Kansas City Chiefs, as good of a year as they've had straight up, I mean, let's face it, you go 14-2 and two on the season, you're feeling pretty good, but... They're 7-9 and nine against the spread. They're not covering point spreads at all. But this is where you would think they turn the switch on Pat Mahomes on the back of that robot. Andy Reid's got him coached up now for two weeks, getting him ready for this game. And let's face it, Cleveland, in all likeliness, they did what they could last week and really climaxed, unfortunately, for them. So I see Kansas City coming out and just putting up a ton of points in this one. All right. Uh, let's see who you like tonight for our listeners. You've been red hot all season long, and obviously uh, we got playoff football, we got hoops. So uh, what is your uh, play de jour? Well, you know what? The game I feel best about going on record is the one we just talked about, the Kansas City Chiefs, minus the 10 points in that divisional playoff game on Sunday. It's the early game, so 
I, I really like, and I mean, call me crazy, I, I got burnt with them a couple of times this year. We've made a lot of money for our clients throughout the season, but the one team that got me a few times was the Kansas City Chiefs. But here, I think they get it done handily and easily cover against the Cleveland team that got lucky in the first half against Pittsburgh last week. So again, I'm all over the Chiefs. That's the one I want to go on record with. They win this game by more than 20 points on Sunday. All right, uh, JR Wager Pro, the Wager Pro app. Tell everybody about uh, the game this weekend and the Sixers tonight. You got it, guys. It's simple. Philadelphia against Miami tonight in the NBA. Eight and four against four and five with a 10 point spread. I love the game and I'm going to win it. So call the number. It's free. It's on a 30 second recording. And the point spread winner of the Bills taken on the Ravens. 800 499 3733. Don't get confused. Don't pay the book. Beat the book. Call now, 800-499-3733. Listen to a short 30-second recording and get both point spread winners on the recording. 800-499-3733. Have a safe week. Be, look, got to have some fun and go out there and make some money. All right. Uh, thank you, JR. And, of course, he uh, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. There you go. We got the Sixers and the Heat. That's a big spread. I saw that myself. Ten and a half it was up to. Uh, after that wild game they had the other night, I was a little surprised by that, Broads. Is that going to stop you? Uh, you mean betting that game? Yeah. Um, I took the over. Oh, okay. I'm already in on the over. Already in. Already in Clocked on the over. in. Clocked out. 223. Got to get the good number. All right. How about you? Ten and a half? You Sixers are getting guys back. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, Tobias is supposed to be back. Shakes, so, so they're going to be a little bit healthier than they were when they played the other night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like it. Screw it. I like it. Why don't we go two feet in? Let me see what you're going to wager on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll show you in the break. All right. Sports Bash <laughs> Live, 97.3 ESPN. I do want to get to a couple comments uh, and text messages that we got. Uh, Andrew on Facebook, he's watching on the Facebook live stream, wants to know Lovey Smith. For head coach, I can't imagine that anybody's hiring Lovey Smith for uh, head coach. I would, uh, I would have to agree with you. I do not think that that's a reality. Yeah. Lovey Smith's days as a head coach. Now, defensive coordinator, he might get a couple nibbles, right? You think the Eagles go down for that nibble? Um, it depends on who the head coach is. That's true. I wonder if he meant as DC. Well, it says Lovey Smith for H. I know, but maybe he messed up. Maybe oh, maybe. he went to write DC and he wrote head coach. It's possible. I mean, Lovey just got fired as a head coach at Illinois. Right. I mean, he's not going from fired Illinois coach to head coach of the Eagles. Now, there's other defensive coordinators out there that are veteran kind of guys who are back in the mix, like um, uh, Marvin Lewis. You know that that level of guy who might want to get back into the NFL. You never know. Yeah, it's you know, very he's, he's over uh, at. Uh, he was like the co-defensive coordinator this year at Arizona State. It's a weird. It's like a, I know he was there because of um, Herm Edwards, like you know, helping him out a little bit. But that just seems like a a weird dynamic. Is that you were going to be the co-defensive coordinator after you were a successful head coach for ten years in the NFL? Yeah, I would have to agree with you for sure. By the way, did you see this report from Chris Haynes on what happened with the Sixers deal yesterday? No. So they went down and kind of discussed this, that it's possible that the Houston Rockets owner was just adamant that they will not make a deal with Philly because of Daryl Morey, that that's one of the reasons why it did not get done. Is it maybe it would have, but because it's Daryl Morey, they said, nope, I'm that's interesting. out. 
So, in other words, Maury, our reasoning that Maury knows, like, he didn't want to make this deal because he knows that what who Harden is and yada, 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 that essentially Maury would have made the deal, but it was Fertitas who did not, basically said you are forbidden from making a deal with Daryl Morey. Right, absolutely. Yeah, apparently there's some quotes being thrown around from the discussion of the trade, and it says that, yeah, Tillman was kind of saying, look, he was adamant about not going with Daryl Morey. I mean, do you discount that? No, not at all. I think that he left and he said, I'm out of here. And then so, apparently he was going to take time off, right? Then, then do we discount him not wanting to make the trade because he thought Harden was a you know with the wrong fit. No, I think that everything has to be on the table. Just because this was said, it, it could be true. I mean, it could also be true that he didn't want to go too far and he didn't want to give up too much and he didn't want to outbid what the Nets get. I think that could be all a part of it, but I'm not going to discredit that because I do think that there's some sort of relationship that is not so healthy between the Rockets and Daryl Morey. By the way, Andrew did get back to us and he said he did mean D.C. Huh. Well, then I apologize. See, I know Andrew better than he knows his own self. Yeah, apparently. There's no way that Andrew, a good, solid listener, would say head coach for Lovey Smith. Like, I know our listeners are smart, except for a handful, that he would say, I want Lovey Smith to be the head coach. I want to know what handful you're talking about. Does well, that come the, to mind? Uh, anybody who thought it was Brett Brown was the biggest problem of the 76ers. Uh, that group of people probably aren't the brightest. Okay, I got one that comes to mind that you know likes to call a lot and maybe talk over you. I think he actually called you an idiot the other day. You just let it go. I've been called worse. That's true. But it's your show. I would have slammed that thing down, potted it down. Only I can call people idiots. That's what I would have said. Sports Bass is live on Facebook. You can watch us out. Uh, watch the show live over there. You can send your po- uh, post your messages, and we'll post them up on the screen, just like Andrew uh, did. And also hit us up on the text board six zero nine four zero three zero nine seven three. You asked a question to uh, to Checo that I thought was in. He said, and somebody texted in, the Jets might be slightly better reasons being than the Eagles situation. Cap situation, roster, age, draft capital. Eagles have better historical success. I can't imagine anybody saying I would rather be the head coach of the Jets than the Eagles. I would have to agree with you. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have a better situation right now, but I'm not even sure. Yeah, they have a better cap situation, but like Jeffrey Lurie said, that comes and goes. They might have a better cap situation today, but what's their cap situation next year? You know what I'm saying? Like, So if you're in the moment, you're saying that you think the Jets are a better, well-run organization, and that ain't true. I'm sorry. As much dysfunction that the Eagles have, they have had a long-standing period of success. They're going on 30 years of being one of the premier teams in football. 30 years. That doesn't happen. The Jets haven't won a division in 30 years. Let me ask you this about the Jets won the division. Yeah, let let me ask you a question on, on the New York Jets. I know it's a New York market. But does that pop even close to the Giants? No. Uh, not at all. So it's almost like the Islanders to the New York Rangers. Yeah, they're the Mets. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean. They're the Mets. They're the Islanders. They're the Devils. But I think the Islanders is definitely lower than, like, the Mets. Like, I still think the Mets do have power with their name. Are Do the Jets still have power? I'm just my trying point, to put no, it in perspective. My point is they're, do they pop they're that by much? far the secondary team. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not no saying that it. the Mets are not a 
you know, a bigger brand than the Jets are. My point is they're the secondary team, and it's not close. They definitely are, and I just wonder if that plays a role in, you know, yeah, it's the New York market, but you're the second tier of the New York market compared to coming to Philadelphia, and the history of the franchise does matter because it shows you that for the most part, this team does have their head on street, and they will snap out of this funk that they're in. Will the Jets ever snap out of their funk? They haven't won a division since 2002. Yeah, to be fair, they had one. I'm not, this isn't to say that they're good by any means, but you did have one of the most historic runs in sports history in the Patriots in that division. Sure, but, but somebody could have been better than them. There's no other organization. They, they were in an organization with the three worst run organizations in football. Uh, the divi- Yeah, they were in the division that was brutal all around, for sure, no doubt. Yeah. All right, I'm Mike Gill, at Mike Gill Show, on Twitter. Follow me there. He's at Broads81, 609-403-0973. To put it in perspective, Herm Edwards was the head coach of the Jets the last time they won a division. Awful. So, no, I don't think that organization is a higher profile or that someone would say, I'd rather coach the Jets over the Eagles. All right, coming up, 5 o'clock hour, Keith Smith will talk a little NBA with us. Did the Sixers make out by not getting James Harden? Are the Nets the clear favorite? We got all that. We got your calls. We got your texts. We got your messages on Facebook. Follow us. Watch us. Be a part of the show. We got so much more to do. This is the Sports Bass Live on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app. Turn it on. SPN. All right, 450, 10 to the top. Sports Bass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Broads at Mike Gill Show at Broads81. Watch the show live on the Facebook channel. You can be a part of the show. 609-403-0973. That's where you can hit us up on the text board. We've got a lot of text messages we have kind of neglected. We'll get to them here in this segment, we promise. Keith Smith next hour. Talking a little NBA. Looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to the football games this weekend. And DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend. If your team wins, you cash $100. Don't forget about the 2021 basketball season. DraftKings has daily odds boost every day. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 973 when signing up. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joey D on the text board says, Guys, with all this uncertainty, is it safe to say this is an all-out rebuild? It's it's definitely more than a reset and a retool. So I don't know if it's full on rebuild because you got you possibly have the quarterback. I think that's step one of a rebuild, right? Like if you have the quarterback, is it a rebuild or is it a reshape? Okay. Like where where is it? What Here is, it? is the way I look at this. I've written about the offensive line. If you get the offensive line back healthy, you're okay there next year. In fact, you might have a really good offensive line. If you get Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey comes back, Isaac Sayamala and either Dillard or Mylotta, you got one of the best offensive lines in football. So I don't need any help there. I like my tight end situation. 
I don't love my wide receiver situation, but I'm willing to give it another shot. I like my running back situation. My quarterback, to me, was the biggest problem and the injuries on the offensive line. Am I willing to give my quarterbacks another shot? Sure. I like what I saw from Hurts. Wentz was an abysmal. I go on record and say it again. If Wentz isn't abysmal, we don't look at this team probably wins eight games, and we don't think they're such a dumpster fire. We're just disenchanted by them. Now we just think it's an overall dumpster. What on defense? Well, you got Brandon Graham coming back. you got Fletcher Cox coming back. You're going to have Josh Sweat coming back. Hargrave. Hargrave coming back. You, 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 anybody replacing you them? You probably need some more rotation help because Malik Jackson's probably going to be his way mm-hmm. out. So you'll need some rotation help, but that's not as significant as just – I'm just basing it off of – but if a new D.C. comes in, it might be a whole different philosophy. Singleton, Singletary, um, I think, said, okay, I can play. You probably need another linebacker. Yes. Okay. Yeah, T.J. Edwards is not an every-down guy. You definitely need another corner and another slot guy. Well, is Avante Maddox your slot guy? Okay, maybe. But you need to you need to replace Roby Coleman and you need to replace Maddox on the outside. I think you need another safety. I think the fact of McLeod uh, with the injuries, I can't count on him to be the same player, and I don't think Mills worked out at safety the way that you would have liked. I didn't see anything from the other. So, But really, where is this glaring spot where they have to get significantly better? Outside corner. Outside corner, and I personally believe, I, I do think it is wide receiver, but outside corner is, like, you'd say absolutely 100,000% it's outside corner. Okay, uh, yeah. and, and I have a problem with that, but it's not like they have to, like, you're like, well, they need an outside corner, and they need this guy, and they need that guy. Like, I know we are frustrated, but again, this goes back to, I think most of the problem and the frustration came from the quarterback play coupled with the injuries to the offensive line. This goes the mindset of if I had this offensive line, that if I'm not playing with Driscoll and Herbig and Opeta and, and Jamon Brown, I don't think I'm having these problems. Now, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. I'm not downplaying that at all. I, I just think it's a little bit more of, like, and I go through this a lot, like I feel that you look at it that way, then the fans think it's like literally abysmal to the point where you got to blow up everything. And then, like, I'm somewhere in between. I think it's a little bit more concerning than you are, but I don't think it's to the extreme of what some say. So I'm somewhere in between. Like, it's not an absolute well, I'm dumpster fire. I'm answering his question. Right. Is it an all out rebuild? No. I don't think so. I think the quarterback's play changes the answers to a lot of these questions. And that's tied to the offensive line, I think. They kind of go hand in hand. Carson Wentz comes back and plays football like he did his first four years in the league. No, you're not in an all-out rebuild. You're probably battling for a division championship next year. Mostly you because might think the division is bad. But, yeah, you might, you might be right based off of the circumstances. Yeah, but I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked at all. Let's remember this day, and everybody will remember it. <laughs> you I'm think sure so? they'll all remember. Yeah, they'll yep. say, Gil, you are a smart man. That's what they'll say. They I'm went, sure. They won four games last year. I would not be shocked if they won ten games next year with that offensive line healthy. And the quarterback. You get that quarterback playing the way that he has played, and that offensive line back, there's no reason they can't go from four to ten. You don't agree? It's a little high for me. Okay. I'll stick my neck out on the line. You must be the other guy.